The podcast you're listening to is a part of the Between the Lines Studios Network. To find more great podcasts, please visit www.betweenthelinesstudios.com. Welcome back to the Elementary Podcast. Today we're talking about the Leviathan. Sherlock is called when a supposedly uncrackable bank vault called the Leviathan is breached. Meanwhile, Joan is presently surprised when Sherlock meets her family and defends her choice to become a sober companion. And I'm Tabs. And I'm Naomi. And this episode was fun. It was. And, I mean, from... Like the very beginning with Joan and the twins, and I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask. And then at the end, uh, there's a knock on the door and triplets. <laughs> but there was also something that I caught, and maybe this is the fact that I have been dreadfully behind the times, and I just started reading Game of Thrones, mm. uh, reading and watching that series, but. The company that makes the Leviathan is Casterly Rock, mm. which is like one of the big castles in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so I, I spent like way too much time searching the internet trying to see if there was a connection or if it was just, this sounds like a fun term to use. Right. And well, I didn't I think anything. I'm sure the writer was just like a fun little tidbit to put in there because it's a Leviathan. Uh, which is a fantasy-sounding character, and so let's get a fantasy-sounding name for the people who created it. But yeah, so starts off awkwardly with with well, it starts off with the actual crime that we see them robbing the the, the safe, uh, and then the awkward meeting the girls one at a time, <laughs> and and the look of admiration on the vault builder's face mm-hmm. when the second girl came in, and all of a sudden he realized, wait. That, oh, oh. Yeah. I like also that this this shows that, that Holmes gets cases from places outside of the police. Mm-hmm. That he was referred to the, you know, this guy was referred to Holmes and, and that he was told to, you know, to be persistent, basically. <laughs> I will need to ask more than once. Mm-hmm. You know what? I just want to get out of here. I don't care. Go ahead. I like that. I like that. I was I was kind of disappointed that the ca- that the create you know the person that came with the case it was didn't show up more in the episode. But I I did like the fact that this episode showed us a very frustrated home. Yes, and the fact that it can show up at a crime scene and have these great brilliant deductions, mm-hmm. like in the episode before this, where he was just like, "Oh yes, he's a, a teacher because of his shoes, and he goes to this college because of the tie, and he does this and that because of the thing on his bracelet." But here he just seventeen hours staring at a door. Until well, even before that, when he's giving attacks it with an axe. Yeah, even before that, when he's giving the when he's giving the deductions, the the investigator there is like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> yeah, we got that. We got that, you know. <clears throat> That's not how they did it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really interesting setup because when he's talking to the the creator, um, he tells him, you know, it's the very height of hubris that you said this was not crackable. And then in the same year. The same calendar year. Not even like 12 months, but the right. same calendar year. It, it was cracked. And then Holmes, while he's going there, is like, oh, yeah, it won't take me more than a half hour. 
I don't know if I have fees that small. Right. And then, you know, it's like, okay, you just fell into the same trap that you just chided the other guy about. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was a really fun setup, um, for Holmes being crazy. Um, and I like that Watson noticed his, like he's using obsessive behavior in, in place of his addiction. Mm-hmm. I like that they, they keep throwing that in there that she, her, she actually is competent in her job. Cause a lot of times with, with stories, you know, when writers are writing for TV, they don't know all of these careers personally, but I like that they keep throwing stuff like that in there. Yes. Thank you for having good consultants for the yes. writing staff. Yay. Or at least, you know, going in and thinking about having that, you know, even. So that's good. Um, like, I, I do love on Big Bang Theory that they actually have a physicist there who or, who writes on their boards and, you know, has actual equations and, and things. And, and plays physicists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I love, it, it's a completely tangent, but I love Maya McCulloch's blog on parenting and motherhood. And it, it's so fun to, to, like, go to these people who are like, oh, my God, how can you co-sleep? How can you breastfeed till you're three? And I'm like, here, yes. PhD, she's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Back to diamonds. Back to diamonds. So this setup is actually it actually is really interesting to me because um, it reminded me, I taught about, there's a great story in Wired about the world's biggest diamond heist, which happened in mm-hmm. Antwerp. Um, it was a, pretty much along the same lines, setup-wise, of this, like, four master criminals got together and robbed millions and millions and millions of dollars of diamonds in Antwerp from this, you know, and how did they do it? And they were all, they're all basically caught because of trash, because uh, the the ringleader, Nordaballo, um, he had this friend working on the thing, and everybody didn't want him there, and he was really twitchy and nervous. And instead of burning the trash like he was supposed to, he, like, threw it on the side of the highway while they were leaving. And the police caught him because of the trash. So I was like, oh, this is, this is like the world's largest diamond heist. The untold story of the world's largest diamond heist. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the, to the story. It's really fascinating. Um, but, yeah, they were basically... Basically undone by a piece of trash, just like this story. <laughs> the coffee order. Mm-hmm. Why do they need to see a coffee order three times? Right. Well, when they when first was saying that, I'm like, oh, there's a code in the coffee. And then Joan said, you know, why why did so many people order soy? And I was like, oh, the code is the soy. And then he flipped it over. I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> the code is the code. <laughs> the code is the code. Oh, okay. But, yeah. oh, overthinking things. Very overthinking things. But, yeah, I, I I like the I like the setup. I liked I liked that there wasn't a murder right away. That this was a case of of a bank vault, and of course he'd go to homes because that's his thing. He's breaking into things, and even there was you know the the little mystery within the mystery. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm trying to solve this thing of diamond heist, and oh yes, I've caught this on this criminal who's like no one even knew who he was. But I still I need to figure out this this thing. How are they getting this? And it doesn't matter that I've recovered some lost pieces and right. whatever. No, no, no. I just need to solve this one crime. That yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's millions of dollars of crime. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about Holmes being compassionate. Um, mm-hmm. You just took the stuff. Like, that's all you needed. You didn't need to, to prosecute a man who yep. had a stroke and is, didn't to shame his son. And though For a while there, I was like, oh, the son did it. 
son found out what his father was doing and right. continued in his footsteps. Right, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's this family of crime. No. No. Like, I'm glad it wasn't, because that's kind of cliche-ish, but I, yeah, I was, I was doing a lot of, oh, it's this, nope. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, we have the, the B plot line of Joan and her mom, which is really interesting. I love that there's, there's this tension already set up before you even meet the mom when Holmes says, you know, you're dressing for a job interview. For a job interview. And it, I, plus, it was an ugly dress. I'm sorry. I did not like the dress. Super ugly. I'm like, what are you wearing? Why are you wearing that? Like, before I even knew she was going to brunch, I didn't, I wasn't putting together that she was going to brunch. I'm like, she like in some kind of awful play like <laughs> what is she wearing and she had her hair pulled up yep yeah so i i like that and i i love that the whole family situation though i was kind of annoyed with her mom like if she already knew that her brother was coming why is she springing it on her at brunch why didn't you tell her <laughs> oh by the way can you clear your schedule your brother's coming it was I think it might be, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely not one to an authority on this at all, but I think it might be a cultural thing. Um, I have a friend who's actually living in Canada and who is a second generation immigrant mm. from Hong Kong. And she writes in her, in her blog about, you know, just daily life and all this. And a lot of the stuff that she talks about is, you know, oh, you're just supposed to drop everything right. when the brother shows up. Right. And so it it might be, it might even be a little bit of that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was something like that or just, just a more of the attitude that, that her job is not that important. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you be able to drop everything and find somebody else to babysit him? To babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that, that we had the full circle though, that we know that the mom isn't evil at the end. That she really does care mm-hmm. about her. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that is one of the things that, you know, she was just, she, she didn't like the job because she felt that Joan wasn't happy. Right. It wasn't that she was disappointed or disapproving. Right. It's, it doesn't make you happy. Right. Why are you doing something that doesn't make you happy? Yeah. So, yay for sweet moms. <laughs> um, I also like that Holmes could charm the whole family. Of course you could read someone in an instant and know exactly what he needs to say to charm them. Mm-hmm. Extra seat at the table really bothered me, though. Did you notice that? I no, like, I didn't. Okay, so there's the mom sitting on one end of the table. The brother and the fiancé are on the other side of the table. Holmes is on the other end of the table. And then Joan's on the side. And then there's an empty chair. And Yeah, was because like, it, was, it was six people. So why would they have seven chairs? Right. So I was like, the, I, you'd usually only I have, have one end. I now have to go back and rewatch that scene just to see the empty chair. Yeah. Well, then I thought, well, maybe Holmes is going to move next to Joan. Uh, no, that didn't happen. So it was like, there's like this weird, random, empty space next to her mom because she sits closer to Holmes than to the other end of the table. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> but, you know. Well, maybe it was an eight chair, eight seat table and we just didn't see the extra seat. No, so it was... It's- I, I, it was six sitting here. I'm sitting here just trying to, to replay this over my head and I just want to like pause the recording so I can go rewatch the scene. It's a, it's a six, it's a six seats. So there's the mom on one end of the table, the brother and his fiance on the other end of the table, uh, and then Holmes on one end of the table, and then there's Joan, and then there's an empty seat before you get back to the mom again. So it was just, it was really weird. Um, because usually if that happens, then everyone would sit closest to somebody who was at the end of the table, and then the other end of the table would be empty. 
but yeah. <laughs> it just bothered me. I was just like, this is, this is weird. It's, it's a little bit of my OCD coming out. Like, no, we're not, we're not sitting correctly. <laughs> and then we get back to, to people jumping off buildings. Right. Push buildings. Right. And Sherlock playing the piano. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, that's very cool. Yeah. And it makes sense because if you, usually if you, you're masterful in one instrument, you can play other instruments as well. So I, I like that bit. And, and the idea of the, of the jury members. He, he said, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you've ever served on a jury, did you ever want to see those people again? Mm-hmm. And that now maybe this was just the case or maybe it was me being weird, but I've served on jury duty and I, I have, I've kept in touch with some of the people that I was on the jury with. Oh uh, so, yeah. I, don't know. I never, I never have wanted to. <laughs> um, it was really, I thought it was really interesting that he kept their phone numbers on a note in his phone rather than actually programming them into his phone. Yeah. Because I mean, if you just had random contacts in your, in your phone, mm-hmm. okay. But ooh, here's this note thing. Right. And, like, so, was he thinking that he was just going to destroy it so he didn't have evidence of talking to these people? Like, I don't know why, why you would, you would store them on a note or maybe it was like after the end of the trial and there's just like, I'm going to keep your numbers. What's your number? What's your number? Rather than going and programming the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. We I can't ask know. him cause he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somewhere there's a, a writer who might possibly be listening up to us going, it was the thing. That's what we had to do to get there. Right. Don't overthink it. Right. Oh God, why are you overthinking it? I like that when when um, they discover the blood, Holmes says, Watson and I found this to the detective. I thought mm-hmm. that was really good. Yes. And, and and I liked the banter at the point where Jonas, you know, well, someone once said anything, however impossible, must be true. It's like, oh, sounds like a windbag. Yeah, so that, that line I was, because uh, that's an actual line from the stories, I was I was counting. It was like twice that he said it. In the story, and then, and then she says it back to him, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds like a windbag." And I was like, "That's that's pretty awesome." That, yeah. That's that's like one of the key lines. Once you've eliminated the possible, whatever he, remains, however improbable, must be the truth. But it didn't fit with the theory he wanted, no. so no, it's not the truth. <laughs> it doesn't work for what I want. <laughs> How dare you use my line against me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a super fun. It was a fun episode. Of Watson and Holmes playing at with each other, I really have to say the the twist with the blood mm-hmm. was very very creative, super creative. I mean, I I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, once I sat down and thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, bone marrow. That's what makes blood cells. But right. you just that's not something that you readily think about. Right. So it was it was. Pretty I was cool. just like, how how well informed are you that? that you know that about your own, like, like, I don't feel like most people know that if they got a bone marrow transplant, and I don't feel like people were like, oh, and by the way, your blood's going to have DNA of a different person, but not your saliva and hair and nails. <laughs> like, I don't feel like that's a conversation you have. And I like that, I like that they went to her house and she was deployed and you have all these pictures of her and her sister. Like it fit and it was something that was easy, so easy to observe, but it wasn't super obvious. Mm-hmm. Something that Joan would know because she's a doctor. Yep. Yay for Joan being awesome mm-hmm. and smart. 
And this was another episode with that, that has been all over Tumblr with the scene at the bedroom where he comes in and he's like, yes. I have yogurt and assorted fruits. Please get up now. Yes. Come on. We, Joan, we have to go. We have to go. There's evidence, Joan. Joan, mm-hmm. I brought you yogurt. Please, <laughs> please get up, Joan. Please, please, please. Yes. And it's a, it's a good callback to the original stories because Holmes, there's an episode where, or a show, or show. I'm talking about it like a TV. Um, <laughs> there's a, hey, there's a short story where, uh, Holmes bursts in on Watson while he's sleeping and he's like, you know, get dressed. We gotta go. Like, just assuming that Watson will just do it. So. I like the, I like the, um, you have, you know, it's going to take you this much time to eat it and this much time to take a shower and we'll get there just in time to, like, I feel like he was sitting outside the door timing it. Like, I just need to get her exactly when she, the moment so we can get there to be when it opens. <laughs> you just imagine him pacing the hallway right. holding the tray. It's like, yeah. okay, no, not yet, not yet, no. now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, but that and, and the way that Johnny Lee Miller said yogurt, <laughs> y- y- I can't even do it. But yeah. that English accent yeah. for yogurt, I was like, oh, okay, let me just replay that word 15,000 <laughs> times because that sounds awesome. It's like in the, in the movie Love Actually where the kid who's just this bum ends up in Milwaukee and suddenly he's Casanova yes. because, you know, everything sounds different. Right. Uh, it's like Arrested Development with the chick who's super dumb, but because she has a British accent, everything sounds really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved, you know, we talked about this briefly. I really loved when Johnny Lee Miller was like, or Sherlock was like, <laughs> uh, remember I have an axe. Yeah. Well, I also liked the fact of, you know, when he's there sort of at, at the very beginning of the coming into the the vault and he's just like you can do this with the, the motion sensor and this and this and and your name means green stick yeah your name means because it's, it's just like nobody's paying nobody's impressed with me i need something and some, your name means green stick yeah and the guy's, and the like, guy's just like yeah whatever right i like that that comes back to the and that it comes back, back. Yep. yeah it is it's the mark of really good tv writing when everything that you mention circles back Either later or at the end of the episode or something. Yep. And speaking of the end of the episode, there was another, you know, puppy Sherlock moment where mm-hmm. here's Joan and her mom and they're having, they've connected and they're having a relationship moment and it's just, I just want you to be happy. And he comes in and he's like, Joan, Joan, turn on the TV. Joan, right. Joan, mm-hmm. look, I took the painting back. Aren't you proud of me? Look, Joan, <laughs> Joan. Great writing, especially, and I think the master of this is Joss, but. Uh, is when you have a touching moment and then you undercut it with humor. And so, like, the the classic example is in Buffy when, you know, Angel's giving this touching speech about how, you know, he he felt like he was holding, she was holding her heart out for everyone to see. And, and she's like, oh, that's really great. That's really sweet. And she's like, or really gross, if you think about it. <laughs> um, so I like, I like that when, you know, we had this touching moment with Joan and her mom and then it's like, Oh, and let me, let me let me tell you about this. Look, look, look. Like I could have told you this later. I didn't have to come in here, burst in here, and and make you watch this. You could have looked at the wall and seen that the painting was gone. Yeah, I almost no. felt like the writer was like, "Oh, I have to remember <laughs> to tell the audience that the painting." <laughs> he gave the painting back. Yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> 
So he's like, oh, let me let me have him interrupt him, and there'll be like a little news story. And the actress who played, I just forgot her name. The actress who played Joan's mom is amazing, and I love her. She she was Mulan's mom. That's right. Disney Disney connects everything. (laughs) Disney owns the world. Yeah, well, they're trying to. (laughs) Because Leia's a princess now. Oh, okay. We're talking about we're talking about elementary. We aren't going to go off on side by (laughs) stuff. Although knowing you and me, it's like, yeah. So back to Sherlock Holmes. Back to Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, super fun episode. I mean, the the brother and the fact that I like the touch of of the, they gave champagne to Holmes as a thank you. And we have to pour it down the drain because obviously he can't have it. And, And see, that was one of my things was like, why don't you just sell it? Right. Or give it to someone. Or, uh, yeah. Yes, he doesn't have to drink it, but and you don't want to drink it in front of him, but sell it. I mean, if it's really that, I, I forget how much he said it was a bottle, but it's like, you know, maybe it's the fact that I'm a struggling college student here, right. and I'm like, tuition, oh my god! Yeah, I was, I was like, why do, don't do that, don't do that, no! At the very least, give it to that, that, um, that urchin guy who could sell it on, you know, on the street for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you could find ways. The twins would appreciate it. Right. Give it to the twins. As a thank you for them helping you with your research. Research. Yeah. That's what we call it now. It was research. He had to see the reactions between, you know, the differences between genetically <laughs> similar people. There were seven. <laughs> oh. I love how nonchalant they are about it. And I love that they actually knew who Joan was. Oh, you're the companion. I don't want... I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask. And that's... I mean, that, that really is one of the things that... You, you sit, have to sit there and think about Joan's job. Mm-hmm. I mean, living with recovering drug addicts, what, what other sort of things is she... She's like, okay, this is... Is this somehow related to your addiction behavior? And if not, then I'm just going to ignore it. Okay. No, I don't need to know about that. Go about your life. Like, okay. So, good episode. Good mystery. Um, Not as twisty, but still good. Uh, The twist was was more of the evidence. Like, how are we going to catch this person? Indeed, indeed. And I'm... I'm I'm utterly fascinated that Joan keeps having visceral reactions to dead bodies. And that might go to the idea of the fact that, you know, she lost someone mm-hmm. on the operating table. Yeah. And how, you know, how often was she around graphic sort of, you know, very violent ends? Yeah. And there, there is a difference with the idea of, of, you know, going in and into a morgue or something. And she was completely at home with the morgue. Right. But having it, you know, graphically out there. Yeah. Seen a body in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Something, you know, you take it out of the clinical setting and it just changes it. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I enjoyed this episode. I loved, uh, I just love Joan's, like, I love the, I love Joan's family. I love that we get a little more glimpse into what she, what she is like and the fact that she hasn't been happy for a long time and that doing detective work makes her happy i think is is super key to this episode obviously mhm uh, and the fact that it's readily apparent to everyone but her 
Like, Holmes has pointed it out, now her mom has pointed it out, but she keeps insisting that she's not a detective. So, it was, it was good. Very good. I think that's it from us. We will be back. Yes, back. So, resuming a somewhat regular schedule, I think. Yes, now that not sick every other day. (laughs) Not moving across country. (laughs) All right, well, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.